Hey there. Welcome to the Utica Youth Podcast. We're glad to have you joining us for today's word. We hope this serves as a blessing and encouragement to you. blessing to be here in this place today. And it's an honor to share uh, the Word of God tonight. So I'm going to jump into that. Um, I know that um, the topic today is, you guys are talking about this year, right, about cultivating a family environment, correct? I didn't just get told that. Um, It's true. If it's true, raise your hand. Okay, it's true. Some of you guys are like downing still, or you guys haven't been here all year. Uh, (laughs) No, 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 come on. so uh, today uh, we're covering Galatians, and uh, we're in chapter 6, verses 7 and 9, and today's topic is reap what you sow, reap what you sow, and, um, and with, with, I think, through the lens of cultivating uh, a family environment, right, because that's what we're talking about this year, and I believe that reaping and sowing is really, really a key, and it is a law that exists, and um, we should really, really take heart. And, you know, if you sow with your attention, you're going to get something out of this. Um, but if you don't, you're going to leave with nothing. Um, so today, really set your heart on uh, paying attention to the Word of God and what He has to say to us tonight. And I believe He's going to uh, share to us exactly what we need. Um, and so uh, you can go ahead and go to the next slide here. We're going to read this, uh, Galatians 6. Um, 7 through 9 says these words. It says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will, uh, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Galatians 6, 7 through 9. And so we're going to pick apart this, uh, these two, two uh, verses here um, and look into this text and see what God has to say to us. So you can go to the next slide. The first, the first portion says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked right? Many people think, and we, we sometimes forget, we think that if people, you know, don't know um, what we're doing, maybe God doesn't either, and we'll kind of get away with it. Um, but the reality is, it says, look, don't be deceived. In other words, it means that people get deceived by this principle. And it goes on to say this, right, that God is not mocked. Next slide says this, for whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Okay, so do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And so God is saying, look, there is a principle that exists, and it is a law whether you like it or not, but this happens that we reap what we sow, right? Sowing is, is uh, not just like with a little needle. Sowing is you, you put something in the ground, right? That's called sowing. You put a seed in the ground. And whatever seed you put into the ground, right, it grows. And then you reap or you harvest whatever you have sowed. And so God is saying, look, whatever a man sows or whatever a person sows or whatever he does, he reaps something from it. And then 
it goes on to expand upon that. And so it is a law of reaping and sowing that exists. And it is actually a very good law. Oftentimes we hear it in, in, the, in the context of, hey, you reap what you sow all the time. It's like a bad thing, right? But the reality is the inverse of that is true too. When we sow good, we reap good. And so, and, and it, is, it is a law that exists and it is a powerful truth when we understand this. And the other thing too is, is when you sow one seed, right, you get more and there's more seeds that come out of it. And so the law of reaping and sowing is not just you get some little thing back, but when you sow, you actually reap a lot more. And that tends to happen both in the negative and the positive. When we begin to sow, we oftentimes reap a harvest of blessing or the latter, the negative that happens. And so um, you get what you put in, in other words. It's, it's, it's really a, a law, almost like investment, right? You, you put a little bit in and it can grow or it can diminish. But today God is, is calling us, as we'll see, to not sow into the flesh, but into the spirit. So we'll go to the next uh, line here. It says, for he who sows to his flesh will all of the flesh reap corruption. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. I'm putting some vivid images up there, guys. Um, you know why? Because you won't forget it. Um, that's why. Actually, your visual cortex is like a million times capable of remembering something than hearing something. And so when you see something like that, you're going to remember, man, I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> right? Um, and so it says, for he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And so what does it mean to sow into the flesh? We'll talk about that. You know, to, uh, to sow into the flesh is to live to satisfy your sinful nature, right? Just your wants, your desires, what your flesh wants to, to sow into that is to live and to allow your, your sinful nature to have its way. And when we sow into that, we reap corruption, we reap death and decay by pouring into that and so really we can't be mad right if we're sowing bad is is how we how we can write that because at the end of the day if this law exists and we're sowing into our sinful nature we can't be getting mad at God all the time because things aren't happening in our life a certain way because God is saying hey don't be mocked uh, I'm not mocked you reap what you sow you reap what you sow. So if we're constantly living in the flesh and we're investing into our flesh, we're going to get what we're putting into. And so we want God to go the ladder sometimes as we want to kind of do whatever we want, but we expect God to produce some kind of fruit in us. And God's saying, no, that's not going to happen. God's saying, you, you reap what you sow. And whatever you pour into and whatever you sow into is what you're going to get out. And so if we're sowing constantly into our flesh, if we're sowing constantly into our sinful nature, if we're sowing just into these worldly things, we're going to get just that. And so what are some examples of sowing uh, to the flesh, right? 
sowing to the flesh, talking about uh, cultivating uh, a family environment. These are some of the things that will destroy a family environment that have to do with, with relationships, that have to do with community, right? And these would be the things that would count as sowing into the flesh, that would bring corruption, destruction, and death. It would be what? Lying. And, and we can make a we can make a check inventory today as, as these things are going through and be honest with yourself because, you know, um, like, like um, Sam was talking today or when he was praying, he said, you know, let's be real. And um, I, to whoever was there yesterday, there was a little mention about be real. There's going to be an altar call for everybody who's, who, who uses that today. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But this is the place to be real, amen? Not just on the phone. This is the place to be real and to be real with ourselves, to be real with our spiritual state and say, hey, this is, this is where I'm at today and I'm taking inventory. And when there's time uh, to pray, I'm going to bring that before God. Right, And so as we're going through here, we can ask ourselves, are we doing these things? Am I sowing into the flesh or am I sowing into the spirit? So lying, stealing. If, if, you, if any of this um, relates to you, you can just raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. Gossiping. You can raise your hand in the heart. Causing division, anger, bitterness, jealousy, drunkenness selfishness or self-righteousness, sexual immorality, and living only for this life on earth are all things that are sowing into the flesh. Sowing into the flesh. And that will bring forth corruption in your life. It will bring forth death in your life. It will, bring, it will break apart a lot of beautiful things that is trying to be created when you're cultivating a family environment, when you're cultivating community, where you're cultivating a body of Christ, where these things exist, it begins to bring corruption and death to that body that God has created. And you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to take inventory of these things because some of these things, well, all of them, they need to go. And that's just some of the things that we can check ourselves. You know, um, in 2013, um, I'll, sell, uh, I'll share part of, uh, of my testimony now and then uh, another part in a second. But in 2013, I remember this was me. I was, I was living uh, a life that's just focused on this time, right? And that's it. Not focusing on anything about the future with God or sowing into my spirit. Just living a fleshly life. Living a double life. Coming to church. Um, raise your hand if that's you. Um, <laughs> come on. It was. There you go. Praise God. Um, we're being real. And, right, living that kind of life, just double life, coming here, drinking, um, smoking weed, living that in 2013, just kind of going whatever. And what I began reaping is death from those things. I remember becoming very, very empty, feeling uh, just lost, nothing there, and living a life without purpose, right? And you go to church, and there's nothing there, and you're a little confused, but the reality is this, you reap what you sow. And so if you're going to be sowing into those things, you cannot expect to have life in you. If you're sowing into the flesh, you cannot expect to have life, spiritual life. You begin to spiritually die. 
inside when you sow into the things of this world and the things and the sinful nature because it begins to grow in our lives and in turn you end up with emptiness purposelessness in in other words in in simple terms we cannot just eat junk food all day right and expect to be well we cannot just eat junk all day and expect to be healthy right whatever you're sowing into your body is going to have its effect right? And so spiritually, the same exact concept exists. We can't just be feeding off of junk all day, expecting our spiritual state to be well. Is that like simple as it gets? Um, Hopefully we can get that because that's such an important principle that applies spiritually too. Next slide. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life if we choose to sow into our spiritual life we will have life from the spirit that's simply put that's what it is if, if we begin to choose to pour into our spiritual life to sow into our spiritual life life will arise within us and that part of uh, the, the, the decay and the corruption of the flesh begins to fade away. That part begins to die and your spirit begins to live because God's spirit is giving you life. Amen? And so pouring into our spirit life is absolutely key. And so how do we do that in, in, in a family environment and how does that affect it? In, in prayer and fellowship with God, right? Both personal and corporate prayer. I know everybody loves to pray here. Absolutely. They do it every day. Um, No, prayer is something that is absolutely key, actually. But a lot of young people, I'd say most young people, sadly, don't practice it. Most people, uh, most young people, and that's not a good thing that it's a standard, but sadly it is. Most people don't actually know how to pray. Most people haven't taken the time to sow in prayer to labor in prayer, to, to, to really uh, to have a burden in prayer. And when we begin to do that, when you're in prayer, that is one of the ways to sow into your spirit life. And it is absolutely necessary. I'll tell you what, there is no relationship with God without prayer. You cannot have a good relationship with a person without ever talking to them. It doesn't work. And so prayer is absolutely necessary to having a relationship with God and a relationship with the Holy Spirit and in turn having life with Him. Prayer is absolutely critical to our spiritual life. If we aren't sowing into prayer, we're missing out on that relationship with Him. We're missing out on life, real life, real joy, real peace that can come from God. Seeing the power of God through your life It happens when you are in prayer, in fellowship with God. And not just any kind of prayer. I'm talking about sincere, real prayer. Real prayer where you are in fellowship with the Lord. God works in that place and he brings life to us. And so that's one way. Together, right? Praying together is key. 
in, in an environment, right? Praying together, interceding for each other, upholding each other, right? We don't just come here just to sit um, and, and have a little bit of fellowship. No, we come here to support each other, right? To carry each other's burdens. And one of the ways you do that, right? If you're cultivating, cultivating a family environment is you're praying for the brother next to you. You're praying for the sister next to you. You're praying and you're supporting people because there's a power in prayer. There's a power in prayer. I know that today my, my auntie called. Um, this was just, I don't know, a couple hours ago, like 4.30. And she called and she's like, hey, Dima, she's like, pray for me. She's like, I'm right now I'm in the in the clinic here and they're um, trying to get my vein and they can't get my veins. I'm, I'm over here already for two hours and they just keep poking and, and my veins just keep popping. My veins are so small right now and and it's very, very painful. And she's been sick with something for years. Um, the doctors are not sure exactly what it is. But regardless, she needs um, this uh, IV put in her and something that would open her veins back up again. But every time they try to hit the vein, it just bursts. It keeps bursting and bursting and bursting. She's like, I'm all, I'm all in holes right here, you know, just like, and, and they can't hit the vein. There's three more people who already got processed, and I came first, and they're cancer patients, and uh, I'm here. I'm, I'm one of the, the three that this lady's like, it's like impossible to hit your vein. It just keeps popping, and she's like, pray with me right now, and so we pray, and um, just a couple, a couple uh, an hour later, she's calling back, and she says, hey, Dima, you won't believe it. Um, after we prayed, I went back in, and a massive vein appeared. And, and the doctor's like, this is not normal. Why in the world do you have a huge vein right now? Because you never have this. And she's like, that's a miracle. God just did a miracle. And right away, boom, it went in. She got it and felt, felt great again. And so God is able to answer prayer. There is power in prayer, especially when two agree on something. When you grab someone else and you say, hey, pray with me. Support me right now. Because it says where two or three agree on something, God can do it. Amen? And he does that. And so prayer is powerful and absolutely necessary. Fasting. Fasting is, is, is uh, pouring into your spiritual life. Sowing into your spirit. Fasting is key right? Fasting, taking away physical food, right, takes away from the flesh, and instead it gives to your spirit. You take away the physical food or the desires of the flesh, that is the principle behind it. It is, it is saying no to the flesh, what it always wants to be indulged in, because we all like food. If you don't like food, I don't like, you know, I'm just kidding. No, we all like food. It's, it's, a, it's a necessity of life, right? And so when we begin to fast, we say, hey, look, no to that, and we're saying yes to God. And God honors that. In that time, as we come and we seek him in prayer and fasting, there's a powerful thing that happens in our spirit as our spirit begins to grow. There is, if, 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 I'll tell you what, if, if, you, if you genuinely want to see revival in any place, it's not going to happen just from some preacher or anything like that. It's going to happen when people get together to pray and fast. That's when it happens. When people pray together and they fast and the preacher prays and fasts, revival begins to come. That's when, when, when people begin to sow into the spiritual world. You know, a lot of people ask, oh, why, why, do, why do these miracles and things, why do they only happen in Mexico or in missions or why doesn't it happen at home? I'll tell you why. Because at home, people don't prepare 
They don't fast. They don't pray. They don't spend months interceding for those people. But when people do, even here, the same things happen. The same things happen. There is a power that happens when you're praying and fasting and interceding for people. And the battle is won well before on your knees. It's done on our knees when we're praying in that secret place. Abiding in the word. Um, abiding in the words in, in the sense of, of here, how can you do that? I know oftentimes we, we come here, but how can we do that? You have cell groups, right? You can also uh, meet with people here to cultivate that. Bring someone with you and say, hey, let's study the word over coffee. Let's, let's genuinely sit down and just study the word over coffee. And you begin to abide in the word. I know in, in, um, in the UK, this is a, a way that they reach so many people, actually. I was in the United Kingdom. Me and Sam were actually there together in London. And um, there's missionaries out there. And I've never done this before, but we decided to do it. Um, I don't know if you've ever just knocked on a person's door and just start going house by house. And you're not selling roofs like Sam, but you're, you're, you're selling Jesus. Uh, but, but the reality is this, is, is we're knocking on these doors. And um, no, Sam, I love you. Um, if you need a roof, he's the guy. Um, I'm telling you. Um, and, uh, but, but we're coming to these doors, and you're just knocking to them, and people open up the door. And they, you know, are like, okay, like, who are you for a second? And you tell them that, you know, can we pray for you? We're going through here door, door by door. But the, the, the principle that they use there is very simple. is, hey, invite that person for a coffee and just have, have a discussion with them. Talk to them because answer their questions. Don't just don't just yell at them, but genuinely, if they lots of people have questions, they want you to answer their questions. And if we can just bring them into that place where we can have uh, fellowship over the word, right? God does an incredible work in their lives. And some of these people that we knocked on, I remember just knocking on the doors, and they're opening those doors. That first time, they contacted me now months later, and they're saying, "Hey, look, these people are believers now. We've met with them." We, we started with just visiting uh, right there, knocking on the door, just saying hello to them, them uh, getting, giving their number, meeting over a coffee with two people, talking with them, then them inviting them into, into their homes. And that, that is our goal. Our goal is to go into their homes because not just to save one person, but to save a family, right? And to bring the word of God into the home so that they can learn to do that too and say, hey, look, this is what we do over the word. Let's, let's read the word. And, and people started giving their lives to Christ and whole families were baptized, repented by a simple door knock and saying, hey, I invite you to get to know Jesus. Would you like to have a coffee with me and sit down and just talk? And I'd like to um, have a Bible study with you. Right. So having Bible studies and look, when people begin to see that in other places, they're going to they're also going to uh, want to be a part of that. Right. And so having uh, simple fellowship in the word and groups, that's a good way to cultivate family. Um, check up, check up and ask uh, what you can pray for here, right? I don't know how much of you have randomly called someone and just asked, what can I pray for you? All of you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sorry, guys. Sometimes, sometimes I'm, I'm blunt, so forgive me. I, I'm not roasting you guys. Um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be honest here. And so, and so sometimes we just need to hear it for what it is. Maybe we never do that. And it's time for us to start doing that. If we're going to cultivate something, you got to put some work in it, right? you got to break the ground a little bit. you got to do something different. And so, yeah, call someone up. Make a challenge this week. Say, I'm going to call a person and ask them, what can I pray for you? Or just go in prayer and say, God, put someone on my heart that I can call and, and I want to pray for them. 
You begin cultivating an environment. You begin carrying a burden of another person. And you'll see a result in it. You'll see someone else will reach out to you in your time of need too. And get you right at that right moment when you need that word from God in prayer. And so God is able to do that. Be intentional uh, to create the godly fellowship. Right? Intentionally create godly fellowship. There's a lot of ungodly fellowship happening that people go to. Right? But be intentional in creating a place where you can gather and have godly fellowship. Right? And invite people into that place. Invite people into that place. Because look, if there is a whole group of you, right? A lot of friends together, and you've gathered together, and you're gathered in the name of Jesus. You're having a worship night. That is the perfect opportunity to invite an unbeliever. That is a perfect opportunity to say, hey, come with me. Come to our house. We're going to have fellowship, whatever. We're going to have some food, and you can encounter Jesus there, right? It's a lot less intimidating for a person to come into, into you know, a Jesus party, maybe, whatever you want to call it. Um, you could even invite them that way. They're going to be there for sure. Um, and, and, and to say that, then, then bringing them into the church to receive the, the food, the meat, right? And so creating that environment where we're open and we're intentional with inviting people into godly fellowship. Bringing people into that. That's sowing into the spirit. That's bringing people together over godly fellowship instead of just whatever is happening. And so what do you think would begin to happen if we begin cultivating these things and actually begin looking to do this intentionally? A lot can change in just a, a couple of these things when we begin to be open to people, begin to draw them in, invite them to God, right, and cultivate that so into the spirit in our personal lives and also together in community. And so... This is where I guess I can share part two of my, uh, of my testimony. Um, so that's kind of how I was living my life uh, prior. I mentioned it um, in very simple terms. And I'll, I'll be open and honest of, of how uh, God did the work in my life here shortly after this. So I remember um, Saturday, 2017, I arrived at the missionary school with my two bags, and um, I walk into the doors, and I'm like, what in the world am I, and why am I here? This is weird, and this whole day has been weird, because my hands have been, have been doing stuff, but my head has been disconnected from it, and um, it just seemed like I was almost like God was just doing something in that moment and drawing me into this place, and I came in, and I remember walking in, and they're like, hey, how's it going? Welcome, and... Um, I'm like, okay. They're like, you're, you're at the missionary school. Are you interested in going on missions? Like, where do you want to go on missions? I was like, missions? What are you talking about? I'm not trying to go on missions. I'm just here to, to uh, figure out if this thing's all real or not, and then I'm going home. Um, and so, um, and, and I'm like, how did, I miss, how did I miss missionary school? Like, what in the world? Um, like, I applied and everything, and, and they're over here telling me this is a missionary school, and I missed it. Um, <laughs> and so... Um, I was like, okay, whatever. I was, and then they're like, okay, so we're having a drug test too. And I was like, oh, here it is. I was like, this is, <laughs> I'm exposed. It's over. And, and uh, I, I, remember, I, I remember saying a funny prayer. You know, when you're in trouble, you always say funny prayers. Um, and I said, hey, God, if I pass this drug test, I'm going to stay. And I shouldn't. But if I don't, you know I'm going to go. And I ain't joking. You know me. Um, <laughs> and, and I remember praying that, just a simple prayer, and just saying that to God. 
And I passed. I was like, that's unusual because like all of these years I've been smoking weed and drinking and um, I shouldn't have passed right now. I guess I'm, I guess God wants me here, right? And God began doing a work of my life in that place, right, where the gospel begins to be revealed, re- revealed to me. It feels like for the first time, the gospel. And the gospel is the power. That's what we need to preach more, right? We need to preach the gospel that God is able to use. This is the gospel is the power of God to salvation, right, to those who believe. And I remember the gospel as though for the first time uh, reached my heart. And I, I know it's been spoken before, at least I, I hope it was, um, the years, you know, the 21 years of my life at that point. But I never got it until an instance where it just hit me in the heart. And it brought me to my knees. It brought me to a place of genuine repentance. And God began doing a work in my life there as I began actually investing into my spiritual life in that time. As I came to God and began listening to the Holy Spirit, and what he was saying, he was saying, hey, Dima, you need to get rid of this. Dima, you need to apply some, some, uh, some intention here. You need to seek me in prayer. You need to learn to seek me by yourself. You know, take up a fast and begin fasting and, and practicing the things that, that um, were being taught at that, that point to me, something that I didn't know. It began to grow me. And, and things begin to happen. A lot of my addictions begin breaking off. And months begin to pass. And I begin to find freedom. I remember um, receiving a peace of God for the first time in my life. I mean, honestly, you don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe y'all know. But I guess m- maybe it was just me. But I didn't know what in the world peace felt like until I had peace. Okay? Um, I'm convinced a lot of people don't even know what that feels like. But I remember a supernatural peace of God coming. And I'll tell you when it came. It came when I surrendered the last thing I was holding on to. Sometimes we lose our peace over holding on to something that God is asking us to trust him with. Okay? We need to stop living in the, in the mindset that God is trying to rob us, trying to take everything from us because he's not. He's trying to get us to learn to believe and to trust him with what we have. And that's why he asks for things in our lives. When he says, hey, look. That is an idol in your life. That is the one thing that you will not give up. And that's the thing that you worship. And you keep holding on to it. And you will never have peace until you surrender it into my arms. And I remember when I surrendered that last thing in my, in my life. I don't know what it's in your life. But in my life, it was the love of money. I surrendered that last thing. And peace came in mind. I was like, oh my God. I've been missing out this peace this whole, this whole time because I thought what would bring it is that security in my finances. When all reality, the peace comes when your life is secure in God. And God spoke to me and said, hey, Dima, look, I'm not trying to keep you a bum, right? I'm not trying to get you to live in a cardboard box, but you've already agreed to that capacity that you're able to do that. But he says, look, now I can actually bless you. Because you trust me with any, and, and, and he brought into simple terms to me this way. When you trust God, it's like putting your money in a safe, right? It's, instead of just hiding it under your pillow and trying to hold on to it and, and, and cover it or whatever, but the best as you can. The reality is God doesn't want to take it, but he wants us to trust us, to trust him with it. And God did that work and, and through, through that time and, and, and sowing into the relationship with God, God began to produce fruit. And freedom and liberty comes when we begin to actually sow into the spirit and life and life everlasting. And so 
God begin to um, give that, right? And so um, really when we begin to, to, to reap, even when we begin to sow in repentance, you know, a lot, this, this, this um, theme of, of reaping and sowing too, the question begins, well, do we always reap what we sow, right? Sometimes like people were doing something, do they always reap what they sow? The reality is we have a gracious God. And when we begin to sow in repentance, we reap in forgiveness. That is also something that God does. When we begin to sow with a sincere heart, genuinely repenting, we receive the grace of God. That is also something that he does as a result of our repentance. And God is able to do that in our lives. And, and, and we can receive freedom, joy, life, and purpose in him. Amen. And let us uh, go to the next, next uh, slide here. It says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Let us not grow weary while doing good, right? It can get exhausting at times, right? Life can get a little exhausting at times. But also, not only um, life, but even doing the right thing can get exhausting at times. That's why it says, don't grow weary while doing good, right? Because in reality, it takes time to grow. It takes time to develop. And things take time to grow. And so, God is saying, hey, don't grow weary of doing good. If you're in a season and you have been sowing good and you have been doing the right thing and it seems like nothing is happening, don't grow weary. Keep doing it. Keep coming. Keep, keep seeking God in that prayer closet. Keep pouring into your spiritual life. Keep reading the word. Keep coming to the fellowship of, of godly people. Continue to be in that place where God is present and don't grow weary of doing good. If you're in ministry and you've been serving and you have been pouring into it, don't grow weary of doing good. Don't grow weary of doing good because growth, it takes time. And don't get exhausted. Continue to do it. Don't get tired of praying. Don't get tired of fasting. Don't get tired of abiding. Continue to pour into that. And you will begin to see the growth and the results in due season, which will be the next slide. It says, for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Have you ever planted anything? Anybody ever plant anything? Man, if, if, okay, okay, there's some, there's some hands that are like, I planted an avocado or something before in my life. Uh, <laughs> who's ever planted an avocado? Let's just be real. Awesome. Nice. I know my brother was doing, I remember coming to the house and, and there was this little avocado growing. It was like, uh, like it had like, uh, I'm pretty sure this is how it happens because this is what I saw unless he was doing it wrong. But he had like three toothpicks in it. Had it in like a cup of water, and it was growing something down there, some roots, right? It was taking forever. It was taking months. And I, I come by, and I'm like, what in the world? This thing's like not growing. But slowly it began sprouting. It began growing. And so really, uh, growth, it takes time. Reaping in, or sowing into your spirit, it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. We, we live in such a, uh, a society that we want everything now. That's it. Like, I want it now. And same thing spiritually. Like, I've been living my life all crazy for 21 years. But God, in this one day right now, I want you to restore everything. And, you know, I, I want to be able to, to have everything right. I don't want to wait a minute. Um, God forbid I have, to, I have to spend a week or something praying um, for this. No. It says, in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up right? Don't give up praying for those people who, who you've been praying for maybe for weeks, months, years. You will reap a harvest if you don't give up. God is working. 
through that. Continue. Don't, don't go weary and do not lose heart. Continue to do that because growth takes time, right? And so, you know, when, uh, uh, like when a seed is planted, let's think about this for a moment. What happens? When a seed is planted, nothing happens, it seems like at first. Right? When you begin to, when you put something in the ground, you can look at the ground, it looks the same. Nothing's happening. But in that, in that place, there's actually something occurring. And the same thing happens in our spiritual life. And when we're sowing into the Spirit, when it seems like nothing is happening, something is happening. God is working and is beginning to grow slowly. And in time, you will see something sprout. And initially, it'll sprout, but then in time, it will begin to produce fruit. And in time, there will be a whole bunch of it and so we need to be faithful when we're sowing into our spirit and not grow weary don't lose heart continue to seek God continue to remain in prayer continue to go to those places of fellowship continue to to draw near together because in time it begins to grow and you know the best time uh to to plant something is yesterday but the best time the second best time is is to do that now Right to begin to seek God, to begin to press into Him, to begin to pour into your spiritual life, to not neglect it, to not ne- neglect prayer, to not neglect the word, word, to not neglect fellowship with other believers. The best time to start is now um, to continue to that. And so, we're gonna uh, ask ourselves a series of questions. You can go to the next slide. Let's, let's check ourselves is what am I sowing into? What am I sowing into today? And what am I sowing into my family and my friendships, right? And so a um, couple things that I'll just kind of uh, list off here, and you can, you can check yourself for these things and say, hey, honestly, assess myself. What am I sowing into my family and my friendships? Because I'm going to reap what I sow, and so whatever I'm putting into, that's what I'm going to get out. And so am I harboring bitterness? Or forgiving. Having fellowship or isolating. Praying for my friends and my family or not. Talking about things that we have in common or do I only talk about things that I disagree on. Inviting others into our lives in social circles or keeping others out. What am I sowing into my family and my friendships? Sam, come over here. Let me give you a hug. I'll teach you guys a principle. Okay, this is the principle here. You're going to remember that. The second principle is this, that if you're going to get a hug, first you got to give one. It's a very basic principle that exists, but if you want to get a hug, get out of your swamp and constant complaining and go give someone a hug. You'll get one back. It's a life hack. Now you know. <laughs> That's the reality. It was that easy. I just got a hug by giving one to Sam. I feel great. I don't know about you guys. But that's the reality of, 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 of sowing and reaping, right? When you sow that, you get something back. When you begin to sow into other person's lives and serve them, you get something back too. Y'all finally woke up. We got to do that more often. Uh, <laughs> look at that. We're sowing. We're reaping all sorts of things. But yeah, what am I sowing into my family and my friendships? 
What am I sowing into my family and my friendships and and analyze ourselves? Next, what am I sowing into my community or the people around me and to the church? Am I uh, intentional or passive? Am I speaking life or death? Am I gossiping or building people up? Am I causing unity or division? Am I uniting people or dividing them? Am I creating or adding or am I just consuming and taking? And am I serving others or just only expecting to be served? Right? What am I sowing into my community? Analyze your heart right now and, and ask yourselves these things because we need, to, we need to get a little bit of conviction too in order for something to change in our lives or to say, okay, this is right. I'm on the right path. I need to keep doing this. What am I sowing into my faith? What am I sowing into my faith? My personal relationship with God. Am, am I sowing into my personal relationship with God? Am I intentionally seeking God? Am I sowing into my spiritual walk? What am I sowing into my faith? Um, what are you studying? What are you studying or what are you, what are you reading? What are you looking at? How are you sowing into your faith? How about, am I devoted? Do I have a devotional life? Am I actually sowing into my spirit? Do I have a devotional life or is my devotional life non-existent? How about prayer? Am I praying? Am I seeking God? Am I abiding in prayer? And analyze yourself maybe today. First start, because everybody could remember today. How about this week? These things as, as, they're, as they're being mentioned. How about this month and this year? But am I praying? Am I having a devotional life? All right, another thing in, in sowing into our faith, am I fasting? Do I take time to fast? You can fast once a week, you know. It's a, it's, it's a, once, it's a good, good habit to have and not for, for just reasons or whatever to be like religious or something. No, because it's something that we're called to do and there's a huge blessing behind fasting. You can get out of a, a lot of uh, challenges and have a lot of victory in your life when you begin to fast. And there's a lot of actual authority that you have spiritually when we fast. And it's necessary for each person to be fasting as well. And so are we fasting? That's affecting our spiritual walk too and our faith. Um, Are we sharing the gospel? Do I share the gospel? Have I shared the gospel with anybody? Maybe, actually not maybe. I know there are people here who have never shared the gospel with anybody yet. And I don't say that to to look down on you. I say that because I know that because for, for 21 years of my life, I never shared the gospel with one, one single person ever in my life. And in fact, I remember working, working a job. I was, I was doing sales at a, at a company and uh, my coworker asked me, he said, are you a Christian? I said, uh, kind of, because I knew he knew how I lived. And I was like, I'm not about to profane the name over here. Uh, <laughs> and so I was like, uh, kind of, sort of, not, not really. And I never told this guy about Christ, ever. So I know there are people here today who have never shared the gospel yet, but it is important that we're sowing into our faith because when we get to share the gospel a power of God moves and we see hearts transform, which encourages us and grows us and brings people to Christ also. So am I sharing the gospel? 
Am I attending uh, life groups? Am I coming into a place where, where we can get together and be honest together, right? Life groups. You guys have, who are the life group leaders here? Raise your hands. Right? Yeah, you guys have life group leaders. You have people that, that, are, that are assigned to come and to, to cultivate that community together where you break out and you're not just lost in the numbers here, right? But you come into a place where you have to be present. You kind of have to be honest. And it is a place to be honest and to grow together and to learn together, to uphold each other, to carry each other. So are you investing into that or no? Are you never showing up? Are you non-existent there? Because... That is sowing into your faith. Are you attending services? Are you attending church, right? Where you're gathering together, where you can be fed. That's sowing into your faith. And so, you know, ask, ask, ask yourself today, what did I sow today? What did I sow this week? What did I sow maybe this month? What did I sow this year? Am I sowing into the spirit? Because... Unless, and you can go to the next slide and I'll wrap up here and then we'll have a time and a response. So make a commitment, make a commitment to what is, what is here in Galatians 6, 6, 7 through 9. Because, you know, unless we, we change something, nothing will change, right? If, if you want your spiritual life to change, if you want your, uh, how you are inside right now to change, you got to make some changes. That's just the reality. If you don't change something, nothing will change. And so we need to make some commitments and to say, hey, I'm going to start doing something differently here today, right? And so we're going to uproot what is dead, uproot uh, just giving or sowing into our flesh, uproot things that you know that God has even convicted you of during this time and, and say, bring those things before God and make a change. Pull those things out, pull those weeds out that are stopping your spiritual growth, right? Because whatever you're sowing into there, you're going to be reaping. And so if we're sowing into our lives, right, into the flesh, then we're going to reap corruption from that and so uproot what is dead commit to sow into the spirit begin to make some commitments devotionally saying okay i'm gonna i'm gonna have a devotional life i'm gonna focus on my prayer life this week right sometimes we set these crazy goals when in all reality we need to set a goal hey tomorrow i'm gonna get up and pray i'm gonna start there i'm gonna start two minutes 15 minutes whatever Right, and it begins to grow, but but just say, hey, I'm gonna have honest prayer with God. I'm making this commitment, right? And so God begins to work in that. Commit to sow into the spirit, and you'll reap life, not death. Amen. And so we're gonna rise, we're gonna pray. Um, so let's rise together. Thank you for joining us. For more encouraging and faith-building content and information, check out our other social media platforms such as Instagram and Facebook. Be blessed.